0: Three, two, one. What's happening, guys? This is Logan Robinson from Here the Spirit, presented to you by NoGamey We are here live for our instant reaction to Florida State and proving on the season to five and zero, oh, beating the Hokies in Virginia Tech, thirty nine to seventeen. Uh, Solid win overall, I think, for for Florida State. Had its ups and then had its downs. Had kind of a couple lacklusters of some quarters here and there and a lot of undisciplined play that we're not used to seeing nowadays. But Florida State gets it done and and in pretty uh, convincing fashion there at a score of 39-17. to With me this evening is Austin Beesey, a guy from nolgamey.com. How are we doing, man?
1: Good. Tired. There's another weird game from Florida State. But we were all—I feel like we were all pretty close on the score prediction. Um, yep. I believe Dustin and I both said forty-one twenty. You know, that's basically just one point off if you look at the total. So we were right there.
0: Literally, man. Literally, and as usual, you know, Florida State likes to keep these games in reach and give chances at least. For some <clears throat> momentum to build for their opponents, and you saw that in the second quarter, uh, Florida State starting off strong, getting those twenty-two points right off the bat. VZ, and then in the second quarter, just kind of squashing things. You also had the refs' interference, which I mean, it's kind of getting out of hand now.
1: Oh, I I wrote them all down. I was writing them down as it was happening. You had that. Yeah, mis- what do you got? You had that miss pass interference on the go ball to Jakai, where he just got grabbed by the shoulder, and you could tell after that play that. You know, the offense didn't have the same confidence and the same rhythm because they couldn't connect on that deep shot. It was a perfectly thrown ball. Jordan Travis put it right on the money. Douglas gets grabbed by the shoulder and pulls him back. You could see it live and just just a shame that it doesn't get called. Then you have the rough in the passer on 54 that gets wiped, a, that wipes away in Azarius Thomas interception, um, which I thought was at best 50, 50, you know, 54 was there pretty soon after that ball got hit. And it's not like he went high, went low there really wasn't anything he could do. He had the false start and the discerning signals thing like we had against – like Boston College had against us a few weeks ago, which we never really got any explanation on that. They had a couple of generous first down spots for Virginia Tech where it seemed like they were a half yard short and they ended up giving them the first. That third – and then that third down swing pass, that was incomplete, but the refs let to play out and Virginia Tech ends up getting fourth and short. They do the tush and push and end up getting the first. That was incomplete. That ball hit the ground. And the fact it didn't get reviewed it was, was kind of shameful. Um, Man,
0: it's so consistent, isn't it, with the ACC? I don't know. I don't yeah. understand what it is.
1: But at the same time, FSU has to do a better job of blocking some of that stuff out and closing out drives. But they had, you know, two different drives where they had the drives shut down, one with an interception and one with a third down swing pass incomplete that both get called differently. So, you know, I know a lot of people were shaming on the defense today, but they realistically only gave up 10 points, and those 10 points – Really could have been zero if not for some iffy officiating calls.
0: Yeah, it just kind of lessened uh, the momentum for Florida State, which what they had sure. in, in the first quarter. But there's also some undisciplined plays that we saw from Florida State on their side and hurting themselves yep. in the red zones, false starts. Uh, multiple from uh, Maurice Smith today, which is just unchar- uncharacteristic from him and his play of being a veteran this long uh, and, and the system and everything. But, uh, yeah, I mean, just going to some, some good positives here. Florida State was able to get its run game going here, and there was a lot of good blocking from the up and the trenches, going to your tight end sets, and then also to your wide receivers downfield. We saw Kentron Poitier, Ja'Kai Douglas make their debut we saw Robert Scott also make his comeback after going down against LSU also seeing Akeem Dent was big for this defense but uh, overall though going back to the run game something that we talked about in this last week's episode they needed to establish that they needed something to switch you know they needed to fix a couple things and this team can go back to being deadly on offense like we saw signs against LSU but VZ let's just talk about uh, some of these stats and going to the run game with Trey Benson, who puts on an exacta uh, of 200 yards on the ground, 11 attempts. His long, longest, longest of the day was 85. Which is crazy to say. I could say his longest could have been 62, but no, 85 yards. House call. It just goes to show how much he can utilize his speed. And, and that wow, that DB I tweeted it. He got cooked.
1: Yeah, I mean, and just overall, Florida State averaged. 7.8 yards per rush and if you take out the sacks it was close to nine yards per run it was exactly what we talked about you know on Wednesday night that Florida State had to get the running game established and if they were going to do it against anybody it was going to be against Virginia Tech that had it if you run defense and they were finally doing some different things with the run game they weren't calling the same counter traps and sweeps they were finally getting some stuff to the outside and if Trey Benson hits that outside and can put his foot on the ground he's, he's gone he's got legit track speed once he can actually put his foot on the ground and it was it was so good to see him again. You know, we've been wondering where where he's been for, through the first quarter of the season, and he showed up in a huge way today. It was it was great to see him perform the way he did. And I thought Lawrence Tofield had a couple of nice runs as well with his fifty yards. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, just overall some some bigger holes made open for the running back room, and we got to see a lot of Rodney Hill as well. Uh, one play that really stood out to me was Destin Hill's one-on-one grab thirty-yarder. Yeah. Man, that was great beautiful. Catch. It was a great catch. Uh,
1: Great catch at the sideline. And we've been waiting.
0: Yeah, I was about to say.
1: We've been waiting on them to target just someone else other than Johnny Wilson and Keon Coleman. And once Johnny Wilson got hurt, which we can touch on later, you know, they had to just out of simple necessity. You had the deep ball to Ja'Kai Douglas in either third or fourth quarter. I already forgot that, you know, Travis puts it where it's supposed to be. That's a touchdown. Um you had that you had that great contested catch from Dustin Hill. It was a great snag. You know, Marquiston was involved. Kyle Morlock was involved early. It was it was weird to not see Jaheim Bell out there much. I know he had a couple snaps, but not too many. I'm, I'm interested to see if we hear anything on that um from Norvell today or this week. Um, but it, it was great to see some other guys involved. And what a great snag from Dustin Hill. I'm so happy for him.
0: we've been talking about it last couple weeks on the show just having some some plays made to Destin Hill and I think it just takes from Jordan Travis, building some trust with him because early on we saw at LSU giving that opportunity down uh, with, with the fade route. But, you know, since then, it's just kind of been hit or miss with uh, Destin. And sometimes there'd be a wide open hill, but he gave a really good opportunity, really beautiful ball where he knew that Destin Hill would utilize his strength and, and a little bit of his agility to get up there and, and take on that guy and bring it down. But really impressive catch there from a true, true freshman wide receiver. One thing to worth, you know, a couple of things to mention here, but some injuries that we're keeping an eye on. Number one is Johnny Wilson uh, going down, which uh, really, really is concerning for Florida State because of how big of a factor he is on this offense. So it seemed like he kind of got, you know, knocked by by two guys, it was a hard hit, and yeah. it, it, it seemed like it could have been anywhere on the body. They showed a replay on ESPN. It seemed like there could be even a leg injury involved in it as well, but we did see him walking into the locker room, VZ, but he was having a stellar game, two touchdowns on the day, and him and Jordan Travis were, were cooking.
1: Yeah, I'm really interested to see what they – or if they even announce what his injury is, but what happened, because you know, half of the people are saying concussion – Half the people are saying you know, some type of lower leg injury. I will say one of the doctors that was on the field was the doctor who did my first hip surgery in Tallahassee. So he has specialty in lower body. So maybe that's something to watch out for. Um, we'll see. Hopefully he's healthy and, and can come back soon rather than later. And you could tell the offense wasn't quite the same without him because he just has that kind of impact. And Jordan Travis was looking for him early. They called a few different – intermediate in routes form that just 10 to 15 yards down the field. Um, again, something we've been calling for, just some of those intermediate routes for just, just get in the middle of the field. We hadn't really seen it all year and they finally got to it a little bit this year. Um, yeah. Definitely hoping he's healthy.
0: Fingers crossed. I know the chat is, is worried about it. So if we get any kind of update there from Mike Norvelli should be speaking to the media as we speak, but I would imagine that we won't get a further really true update until Later next week, Bell kind of keeps those injury things and details on that under wraps for the most part. So hopefully, at least Mike can tell us during this press conference here and say, "Area, uh, it's not severe," and that's kind of what all you want to hear moving forward for him. So yeah. we'll see. And but it, it allowed for other guys to step up, like we saw with Dustin Hill. Um, You know, we saw Kentrop 48 out there, but wasn't really targeted as much. But some other guys had to step up.
1: Yeah, and a couple other guys I'm watching out for. I know we. I know I mentioned Jahim Bell, Tatum Bethune. I mm-hmm. don't recall seeing out there at all, and you could tell that they were missing him in in run defense. You know, they were getting gashed through the middle, and Omar Graham was out of place a lot. I thought just from the first glance, I'll have to go back and watch it to make sure, but they were missing number fifteen in the middle of that defense. And as good as Deloach is, he needs fifteen next to him most of the time. Um, so interested to see if anything comes from that as well.
0: I think that would have helped a lot in the run game defense. That's where Tatum Bethune usually will thrive uh, and, and that kind of scenario, and definitely for Florida State's system uh, on the defense. Um, looking at a few things as well on here, like I said, it was good to see Jakai Douglas back uh, back involved, Kentron Poitier. Uh, You know, there's a few times too where you're wondering, hey, you know, there is Jaheim Bell out there, but there was opportunities for Marquisson and Kyle Morlock today. Uh, it just goes to show, too, you can't you can't be giving it off to everybody as much as as you'd wish. You want to get it to your star players, of course, but sometimes whenever your star players are out there and you got a lot of them, these defenses are, are going to protect and, and make sure they're doing their due diligence to stop those big plays from being made, and it's going to open up some spots for for some other guys that maybe aren't your biggest names, but Florida State was able to put up a total of 452 yards on the day offensively.
1: Yeah, it seemed like we saw a lot of Marquise today. I'm interested to see the snap count numbers, whatever – PFF releases. I also thought we saw a little bit of Preston Daniel. I know he wasn't targeted, but I remember seeing him out there more than a handful of times. So even if Bell's not out there, they've got more than enough talent to make up for it.
0: 100% they do. Also got to give credit here for D. Lou. He's not on the show with us. He's at the press conference, but he did call Jared verse to have two sacks on the day. I had predicted one. He, he, he got it right. No. Two for two there on for D'Lu, uh, predicting for Jared verse to get those sacks. But it was nice to see him kind of find a rhythm there, have that urgency that you've seen from from verse, because there's a lot of things that he's doing right this season. I know everybody wants to look at the stat sheet and look specifically at the sack number. And that's how any edge rusher is practically um, stereotyped. Right off the bat, but uh, Jared versus made a big time impact throughout the season so far with his pressures and ruining some plays and definitely in the run game here and there. But today he, he found the quarterback twice.
1: Yeah, I did I didn't love his unsportsmanlike conduct on that punt in the yeah late in the game, but he was getting after the quarterback. And it was great to see there was there was one time I recall. Early in the game, where he got off the snap so fast, yeah, it ended, up, it ended up being a run play. And first point at the left tackle, he's like, "Next time that quarterback's going down, um <laughs> you, you could see him talking a little bit." And he finally got it. You know, like you just said, he's been getting the pressures all year. He just hadn't gotten home because a lot of these, a lot of these teams that are playing Florida State are trying to get the ball out quickly, try to slow this pass rush just a little bit. It was good to see first get home finally.
0: Markel Williams on Facebook commenting, Conrad Hussey was impressive and sure he was a true freshman defensive back for Florida State, someone who showed up and, and the uh, actual summer. He wasn't an EE. E. He showed up and was early standout in the first day of fall camp, which I was there in attendance for making some plays. But today specifically, that shot on, um, that shot on the Virginia Tech player, uh that, that was that was nasty that, that was just a great football hit from him and then he was about to have he was almost going to have two recoveries but he ends up getting one recovery there putting himself at the right spot but Conrad Hussey has been was flying around all day on the defensive side of the ball which is nice to see that you can have that with the Kevin Knowles Akeem Dent, Shaheem Brown and you add in a, a true freshman get this amount of playing time of this magnitude uh is is huge for him I think we're going to see a lot more of him in the latter half of 2023.
1: Yeah, that, that hit on the running back was a hit. You don't see that from true freshman very often. And on first glance, I almost thought it was a fumble just of the, the way it was angled. Yeah. But he, he had a show out for the birthday. Wasn't it his birthday recently in the I last couple it, of days? Yeah,
0: it might have been. I might have missed the uh, Twitter post. Someone in the comment uh, will most certainly let us know.
1: Either way, but, Florida State needed some more safety play for if Akeem down, goes down again um that's just who he is historically he's going to miss games here and there somebody's got to step up and Hussey was physical it's the one thing that we were complaining about from you know when Kevin Knowles is back there he just wasn't very physical to get into the ball when Hussey when Hussey was there he was arriving in a hurry um and I was, I was glad to see him perform well
0: yep he was I was looking at too like Keon Coleman on the day I uh, had a lot of targets go his way for uh from jordan travis he gave him a couple shots here and there and they uh we're were trying to do some things in the red zone but uh, it seemed like just opened up a lot more opportunities but I, i think with you know just depending on what's going on there with uh, Jaheim Bell, I don't think there's anything serious happening, but I think there's just some different things when you get into games and things switch up and change for you. But, uh, yeah, Florida State's tight end room was heavy there, and the usage with Jaheim, Marquise, and Douglas, Kyle Morlock early on the game, like you just said, VZ at the beginning of the show, uh, and then Preston Daniel. So this tight end room was getting a lot of rotation this afternoon.
1: Yeah, and as much as we all want to see Jaheim Bell out there, they do need to establish some depth, and we all kind of wondered – um, where Kyle Morlock's role was going to be this season. Because, yeah, he was playing a lot early, but he wasn't seeing a lot of targets. So to see him involved early was definitely a nice thing. I, I, we do also have to shout out Alex Mastromano, the punter, mm-hmm. who was just unbelievable today. Averaged over 50 yards per punt on his four punts. And we talked about it on Wednesday. They've got a dangerous punt returner in Holloway, and he only was able to return one of them. Um, Mastromano did a great job pinning Virginia Tech deep in their own field. Off the top of my head, I think their average starting field position was, like, the 23-yard line. So, mm. Masimano was doing what he needed to do all game.
0: Yep. He was practically perfect on the day alongside with Ryan Fitzgerald, who stays perfect on the season to Florida State starting kicker there. So, on the special teams, getting some things done on that side. I thought, too, Gilbert Edmund Flashed out to me a couple times. I don't know if you saw number nineteen flying around, but it uh, just goes to show his athleticism. But that was one him and Malcolm Ray at the at the beginning of the game. Those two uh, and the trenches. Pat Payne had some flashes as well, but it seemed like uh, you know Malcolm came to play, and uh, most certainly Gilbert Edmund off the edge.
1: Yeah, Edmund definitely flashed that athleticism. There's a couple times where I thought he got too far up the field and it allowed Jones to run around a little bit. But yeah, that system clearly pops, and he he can run with most running backs and quarterbacks, which is rare for someone his size at, what, 6'5", 6'6". I mean, he's huge.
0: Yeah, no joke. No joke at all. Um, I'm trying to go to a few more things here, and if you guys have any questions or some topics, feel free to throw in here. I know y'all want to get our thoughts on the rankings after. Texas lost today being ranked number three in the country. Phenomenal game. I don't know if you got to see, I think you were tweeting about it VZ because that was going to be transition us into FSU Virginia tech on ABC, but phenomenal game. Oklahoma there at the very, very end of the fourth quarter comes back with a touchdown strike to take down the longhorns and number three, Texas.
1: That was a hell of a game. The red river rivalry rarely disappoints. Um, and the, First of all, we need to talk about the noon slate in general. There were so many good noon games to start the yeah. day. We, we had two different laptops going, the TV going, you know, we, we had every game possible going and that, that game was awesome. I wasn't even that mad that it was leading into Florida state game. Cause at least they put the FSU game on ESPN news. I could have them going separately, but yeah, Oklahoma showed up and showed out in a big way. You know, I kind of had that feeling that after losing to Texas 49, nothing last year, they're going to come back and make a statement and, Make a statement they did. Texas hits that field goal with under a minute. Oklahoma says, all right, comes right back down with a touchdown. It was such a great football game.
0: Yep, and we luckily got to see them play last year in the bowl game, and you could see the signs of growth that Brent Venables was having throughout his season and the way that they finished off their, their year. I think Brent Venables is going to have a lot of success just because of his defensive mind. But really, if you get the offense going, he's got a quarterback with Dylan Gabriel. It's a team to watch out for moving throughout the, the rest of the season for their conference. So uh, that was a really big win. But of course, Texas going down, Florida State should move up a spot. They're ranked number five in the country for the Seminoles, should move up. Uh, we'll see how the AP poll shakes out, but that's kind of where you're you're at right now. And the guys above you, if they fall, then you, you should be moving up. And I'm interested to see too, where uh, a lot of these voters are going to put Oklahoma after that performance in a rowdy, rowdy showdown of the Red, Red River Rivalry.
1: For sure. And I know a lot of people say Florida State's not a top five team right now, but who is? It's it's one of those rare years in college football where just no one's elite. There's a whole bunch of good teams, but everybody's got flaws. And, you know, Georgia and Kentucky either just kicked off or about to kick off. We may see Georgia lose tonight because Kentucky's not a bad football team and Georgia really hasn't shown anything. There's just a lot of really good football teams and nothing elite. So... You know, if the voters want to put Florida State top five for beating LSU, for beating Clemson and handling their business elsewhere, I don't think there's a reason they shouldn't be top five, because I don't know who you could argue to put ahead of them.
0: Yeah, it's going to be more entertaining when we get to college football playoff rankings here in a few weeks. That's going to make it a little a lot more interesting. Uh, The AP poll is just going to be. Um, relevant for just a couple more weeks and things are going to shake up here. But, uh, yeah, what a, what a game that was before Florida State faced off against Virginia Tech. But we're going to continue to monitor monitor a couple of these injuries, of course, with uh, Johnny Wilson. Didn't get to see much of Tatum Bethune, but you really want to have you know him back available. Then also Azrae Thomas got dinged up. Didn't get to see it on the play. Dustin was updating us on his Twitter account. Yeah, he went into the trainer's table, came out, and then went the locker room, then came back, but had his helmet on in his hands. So I don't think it's anything severe uh, to worry about. And they were allowing a lot of some, you know, some of the youngsters to get in, like Quindarius Jones. We saw, of course, Conrad Hussey quite a bit, but uh, maybe they just didn't want to risk it any more VZ and, and yeah. not kind of hurt anything more than you need to, you know?
1: For sure. Um, and with the depth you have at a lot of places, it makes sense to get some of these guys reps. I just wish the run defense was a little bit better. I know we haven't talked too much about the negatives, but the run defense has to be better. I know that, I know Tatum Bethune didn't really play, and I know Virginia Tech has a really good rushing offense, but they averaged six yards per carry, and if you take out sacks, it was close to seven yards per carry. Florida State's got too much talent on the defensive line to let that happen, and it was kind of like I was saying in the preview. I'm kind of worried that if Florida State's defense gets attracted to the eye candy with the misdirections and the fake handoffs, and that definitely happened where, you know, all the offense is going one way, Jones would pull it, and he's got 20 yards down the field. So they've still got some things to clean up for sure. But they only allowed 10 points. You can only get so mad at it. I was more mad at the kickoff return than anything. Yeah,
0: no, they did allow that to happen, which is very rare uh, to see on Florida State's side. But, yeah, that was a pretty impressive kick return to the crib, I must say. But, yeah, Florida State – is able to win thirty nine to seventeen. They're going to face off against Syracuse. We do not have a time yet for that, but uh, Syracuse comes into Doak, uh, which you know, just going off of Syracuse last couple games, they gave it, they gave Clemson some fits there at the at the beginning of their game last week, but uh, nothing too standout ish. But you know what, you know, Florida State, like we talked not about give, year, they got to show up to play.
1: They did not give North Carolina any fits. I can promise you that. <laughs> um yeah, what did that end up being 40 to 7 was the final score of mm-hmm. Syracuse at Carolina so yeah. I don't think it's that good of a football team but they're gonna be you know they're gonna be a desperate football team coming to Tallahassee next next week if I have to imagine it's gonna be the noon game because if I remember it correctly it was either gonna be noon or 7 30 on ABC. ABC yeah thanks. and n- North Carolina plays Miami next week so I have to imagine that'll get yeah, the, the as long they don't blow it
0: against Georgia Tech, right? Tonight, <laughs> I mean, if they <laughs> do, imagine? I'm not gonna complain. But yeah, you,
1: know, you have to imagine UNC and Georgia Tech will get that prime time slot. Florida State will be playing at noon next week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So,
0: really, you know, there was there was definitely the the biggest thing for me was getting that run game going. Hopefully, that kind of mm-hmm. clears some things, you know, and t- and and also included you know Florida State has a stretch here until they will face Duke which is a very physical team and they've shown that they can play yep. uh, of that magnitude against really good teams that's going to be a big test in two weeks but um, you know for some guys that you're looking at health-wise you know maybe give some guys some rest going into the Syracuse game before a big time showdown in Doe Campbell Stadium in two weeks when, paid, when you face the Blue Devils you don't know if Riley Leonard's uh, gonna be okay. I mean, if it's anything to do with just an ankle sprain or high ankle sprain, man, that that is not going to be happening anytime soon. But we'll continue to kind of look, keep an eye out for what's going on up there at Duke, easy
1: For sure, for sure, and hopefully, oh, yeah. hopefully, both sides are healthy because as much as you want Florida State to win, you want to you want to do it against high quality competition. That's against Riley Leonard, who's one of the three or four best quarterbacks in this conference. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, Florida State, if they if, if they can play a full four quarters, man, of what we see the potential for, uh, they can be a very scary team. But like you were saying earlier, VZ, there's not a lot of teams in the country right now that, that want to show that. And they've kind of had their mishaps with, with some teams that they should be taken down earlier on. And then you can see that they'll end up winning at the end. But, you know, Florida State is one of those teams. You can't call them elite yet. Absolutely not. But they they, they, sh- they showed some signs of growth, I would say, and it's a big the big reason is because of that run game. So,
1: And that first quarter was absolutely an A game. You know, if they can spread that over even yeah. two quarters, there's very few teams in college football that can contend with that. They're getting closer. I think today was probably the most complete game they've played. Um, I know some people say LSU, but really LSU is just that fourth quarter where they just dominated. Mm. Um, you could argue this is the most complete game they play played, and they've still got a long way to go. Yeah.
0: Well, uh, that's going to do it for us this evening. We'll be back here next Wednesday at 7 p.m. to preview Florida State versus Syracuse. They get out a win today, and Doak seemed like to be. It seemed like it was a really good atmosphere there as well, sold out. But the Seminoles and Mike Norvell improved to five and zero on the season for the first time since 2015. This is their 11th consecutive win in a row. They beat the Hokies 39 to 17. We'll be back here next Wednesday at 7 p.m. Appreciate everybody hanging out with us, and we'll talk to you guys next week. Peace.